0: Welcome back to the Dying Das Podcast. Today, we are talking with the Olympic champ in backstroke. I love backstroking because you're not staring at the black line the whole time. You can look up, although I tend to backstroke like I'm in a pinball machine, so that's not real good. Ryan Murphy, however, does not have that problem. Ryan has wanted to be an Olympian since he was seven. His parents used to set their alarms for 4.28 a.m. to get him to practice when he was a kid. Those swim parents, by the way, sidebar, Real deal. Reigning Olympic champ in backstroke, he won the three gold medals at the 2016 Rio Olympics and he's ready to defend them in Tokyo this summer. Ryan grew up in Florida. He went to Cal Berkeley and that's actually where he has spent the pandemic training in the pool there. He has a very interesting way of handling pressure. He doesn't meditate it in away. Instead, he adds to it. He creates pressure to deal with pressure. Think about that. I've actually I don't think ever heard an Olympic athlete put it quite like that. On this Dying to Ask, my Ryan Murphy says that kind of mindset can actually be a very effective coping tool. The game he plays with himself to increase his productivity, and why you better get out of the fast lane if he is behind you on the road to Tahoe. Ryan Murphy is my guest this week on Dying to Ask. Olympians, they're just different. Sure, they're fitter and faster, but they're mentally different too. Because when the body breaks down, the Olympic mindset takes over. And this year, with the first ever delayed Olympics, that mindset is more important than ever. My name is Deirdre Fitzpatrick, and I have covered the last 10 Olympics for Hearst Television. 20 years of studying and, well, obsessing about how Olympians do life. These are the stories of how Team USA's athletes get to the top of a podium and how you can get some olympic edge in your life coming out of one of the most challenging years ever for all of us this is dying to ask the road to tokyo so ryan where are you today i'm out in in berkeley california which is of course where you went to school and you've been spending a lot of time there
1: yeah. Yeah. So I, I started out as a, as a freshman here at, at Cal Berkeley in 2013 and, and I'm stuck here. I've been stuck here ever since. Uh, so I, I've been training out with, with the Cal men's swim team here and, uh, and, and it's looking good in, in the preparation for the summer.
0: Well, there are worse places to be spending time. That's for sure. The Bay Area is beautiful. You know, I heard a lot of swimmers say that when everything shut down last year, a lot of them got stuck because they couldn't find a lap lane. Were you one of those swimmers or did you find a spot pretty quick?
1: Yeah, we were, uh, we, we were scrambling a little bit. We were, we were trying to call in uh, any connections we had in, in the Bay Area. And, and it, it, we, we got lucky. So essentially, one of the guys in our training group, Nathan Adrian, uh, had had recently bought a, a swim school out in San Rafael. and so we were we were going there a couple of days a week, uh, just making sure that that we did a little bit to to stay in shape. And then the weight training, the dry land, all of that was was kind of up to us. So so a lot of us got weights at, at our houses and and started to to get into weightlifting that way.
0: That was one of my favorite things, I think during the pandemic is with seeing how all well you guys stayed in shape in your gyms, <laughs> you know? I saw people working out in the strangest places, doing the most unusual things, but I guess you're using your your toolbox to try to figure out what can I do?
1: 100%, yeah. I, th- I think as, as much as anything, the, the pandemic was an opportunity to, to think outside the box, to get creative and, and just figure out like, all right, if if we don't have access to things, how are we gonna make this work? And so a, how- lot, of, a lot of experimentation with, with some dry land exercises occurred uh, from, from a lot of us. And, and I think that was, that was honestly really fun.
0: How did you rely on your, your previous years of training and your Olympic experience to get through that time?
1: Uh, honestly, I, I didn't really feel like I, I could lean on, on past experiences. I'm, I'm someone who's, who's very regimented. I, I like to have things planned out and, and, and really planned out in advance. And, and throughout the, the pandemic, it, it became a challenge to, to kind of take things day by day uh, that was something I struggled with at the beginning but as I as this kind of kept on going on and kept on going on I I really got used to, to being flexible day to day and and I think that's a that's a really valuable skill
0: well and it's funny because I think that's a skill that all of us have had to develop in some ways have you learned any good hacks that you could pass along
1: yeah I mean I, I don't think it's necessarily good hacks I, I think it's really just like being able to, to, to mentally adjust. Um, so, so for me, like if, if I had things planned and then practice was then scheduled for, for the time when I, when I had something planned, it's just like, all right, like just make a phone call, figure out when, when I could reschedule those things, um, and, and not, not getting stressed out about it. I think everyone, everyone has developed a level of patience throughout this past year. and, And so everyone is pretty receptive to, to changing plans.
0: I think we've all had to work on our patients this year, especially, no doubt about it. Um, I've read a lot about how you deal with pressure and I find it really interesting because there are some people who would try to meditate their way out of it. And you say you deal with pressure by creating pressure. Can you explain that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I really think that experience is the best teacher. I've kind of thought that with with so many things in my life and and I really kind of took that and, and applied it to pressure as well. So I really do believe that that the best way to deal with pressure is to deal with pressure. Uh and and I I kind of stick stick through to that. If you deal with pressure on a day-to-day basis then you you're you don't really feel like you're dealing with pressure. Uh and, and so that, that's kind of that's kind of the theory that I've had with it and and it's worked out I think it's worked out well for me.
0: And then I I've read that you have you also will like apply that to all kinds of things like not only how fast can I swim across that pool, but how fast can I do all kinds of different things? (laughs) Like even like household things.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I think like one of the things that, that I kind of realized about myself as I, as I got into college, being at a a really competitive university, like, like UC Berkeley, I I learned that, that my motivation is just, it, it just feeds off all kinds of different things in my life. So so I would go. I'd really challenge myself in the classroom. I would get motivated by the people I was around in the classroom. I would get motivated by trying to beat the by trying to beat the curve on, on a test, and that would then <laughs> You're motivate that guy. me to go into the pool. So I, I think I think uh, motivation is, is just something that that's consistent uh, across all kinds of things in, in my life, and and I just try to keep a high level of motivation on on everything, and it, and it does end up feeding off each other.
0: What's the weirdest thing you've like raced yourself to? Like to see how fast you could do it.
1: I mean, I was I was always someone when I took a test. Like it, it would honestly kind of irk me if like someone was done with a test like ten minutes before me. Like I it does. I know like you could use the whole time. Right. You could use <laughs> as much time as, as as allotted. But I would get competitive. I'm like man. Like I, I can't believe this this person figured out all this stuff like that much faster than me, and it would, it would really like irk me. Uh, but I do it with everything. Like I'm just. I'm a really competitive guy like i something I'll, I'll even get competitive with myself and and this is probably a terrible thing to admit is is my girlfriend has a has a house in in lake tahoe so i would drive i would drive there a lot over over the pandemic and then i would i would kind of race my my time uh from lake tahoe back to back to my house in berkeley um a, against how how quickly i've done it previous times and so I'd be like looking at, I'd be like kind of racing, racing the clock uh, every time as I- as <laughs> Yeah, I'd you're right. That's probably from not what you should be admitting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's probably a very unhealthy thing to be, get competitive <laughs> about, but uh, yeah, I, I'll admit my fault on that one.
0: <laughs> I love it, I love it. How do you feel, we just have like 30 seconds left, but how do you feel heading into Tokyo?
1: I'm excited, I'm excited. This, this year has brought uh, a lot of challenges and. And I'm honestly just, just really happy to, to have so many people supporting me, Bridgestone Tires being one of them. They've been incredible in, in their support of me throughout this, this entire time. Um, and so it's, it's, really, it's really nice to have such positive, motivated people in my corner.
0: Yeah, no, sponsors are especially important this year. Thank you so much. Best of luck in the next couple of months. And I'll be looking for you on I-80. You'll be the guy who flies by me.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thanks for the time.
0: All right. Thanks, Ryan. You can follow Ryan's Olympic journey on Instagram. You'll find him at Ryan underscore F underscore Murphy. There is another Ryan Murphy whose name you might also recognize. He's a TV writer. He wrote Glee. Definitely not the same two people. Ryan and the other swimmers will be making the Olympic team going through the qualifying process at the U.S. Olympic swimming trials, which once again will be held in Omaha, Nebraska. Now, because of COVID protocols and all the, you know, crowding that happens at a uh, swimming trials, they're breaking everything into two different waves, wave one and wave two, starting on June the 4th in Omaha. Wave two will start on June the 13th. By the 20th, we should have all those USA swimmers named to the Tokyo team. We'll keep you updated on that. I think Ryan is safe. Thanks for listening this week. If you could take a minute and screen grab the show, share it on your social media. We would love you to pass the word along about dying to ask. And uh, if you have any questions about the show, don't forget you can always reach out to me on Instagram. You'll find me at runreadsip. Have a great week and we'll see you next time on Dying to Ask, The Road to Tokyo.